I think it's fair to say that personal finances are top of mind for many of us as we enter 2023. Can we just talk about that? <laughs> From uh, talk of recession to inflation and plummeting house prices, Lyle Stein, president of Forvest Global Wealth Management and contributor here at Toronto This Weekend joins me now. Happy New Year, Lyle. Same to you, Maggie. So what are before we get into some of these topics, what are some of your predictions for 2023? Oh my. Well, I when when we look in investing clients' monies, we think more of where the risks are than where the returns are. Mm. And that was really important in the year that we just finished, you know, kind of went down as the worst year for investing in years. So when we look into the, you know, the so-called crystal ball for 2023, I think one of the biggest issues that we're going to have to face and uh, kind of our, our bet, if you put it that way, is that interest rates will probably stay higher for longer. Really? I think that's really important. Yeah. That the, the run-up that we've seen, and you know, we'll talk about the job situation, yeah. but you know, in, in Canada last week, we had the great jobs report. That's good news in the sense that the recession isn't knocking on our door. The bad news is it continues to put pressure on the Bank of Canada to do another rate increase, and we'll expect that we'll see one in you know in a couple of weeks in January, probably a quarter of a point. But um, the the bigger question though is, and the markets are debating this, but the markets have beta a bit of a bet that rates will start falling as we go through twenty three, and we think that's wrong. Just as transitory inflation wasn't transitory, we think that this notion that um, because inflation has peaked and now it's going to roll over. Uh, interest rates are going to go and roll over. We think that's not quite right. That uh, Chair Powell in the U.S. has kind of said we have to make sure that interest rates are above the level of inflation. And you know, as, as good news, inflation is going down in the last few months. But the bad news is it's still well above our level of interest rates. And so they're going to have to keep pressure on after you know uh, what we went through in the post-pandemic world of ridiculously low interest rates historically. Historically, like well, I'm talking eons, not just years, yeah. uh, low interest rates and this inflation that came from all the government spending. So we, it's going to take some time to kind of get that inflation out. So our bet, biggest bet I think investors have to keep their minds on is the uncertainty of how long interest rates will stay at this 5% level. So, I mean, I don't want to hijack all the things that we want to talk about, but I'm interested in what you just said, because, you know, for someone who's just watching everything <laughs> increase, right? I, I want interest rates to go down, Lyle. I, I really do. Uh, you know, I think about people who have variable rates who are paying so much more, but you're saying that's not good? Explain this to me. Why is that oh, not good for the economy? I'm not saying it's not good, okay. but it's not, not, it's not good to fight inflation. I see. Um, you know, central banks want to get inflation back down to that magic 2% yeah. or 2 to 3% level. Um, it doesn't go down without cost. Mm. And the question is, uh, monetary policy, which is this, what central banks do, uh, is a blunt instrument. It, it causes a lot of pain as it's trying to slice and dice. Because of that, this idea of uh, a smooth decline to lower interest rates is going to take time because that's the only tool that monetary policy has. So they're going to keep those rates high to slow things down. And unfortunately, when things slow down, somebody bears the brunt. Right. You mentioned it, right? The good news is, as a saver, I'm now getting a 5% or 4%. Uh, however, 
the bad news is now coming from the person who was getting their mortgage or their variable rate mortgage. Yeah. You know, they were laughing three years ago and the savers were crying. Uh, monetary policy comes in and we've just reversed that. The savers are now happy, but unfortunately, the variable rate mortgage holders are bearing the brunt of this blunt instrument called monetary policy. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about the unemployment rate, which fell slightly to 5%. Uh, this is the third decline in the unemployment rate in the past four months. What does this say about the country's economic future as we head into this potential recession? Well, I think, you know, First of all, the, the, the notion of a recession is a hard one, right? Yeah. You know, the, the old definition of uh, recession is when I uh, or when my neighbor loses their job. Uh, a depression is when I lose my job. Um, you know, there is more to it than just a magic recession number or not. But the good news that came out of the jobs report was that, you know, Canada, you know, knocked it out of the park with respect to job growth uh, that took the unemployment rate uh, down. I mean, this is this was an exceptional report. It wasn't just a fluke in one industry. It was across industries. Um, that was a positive. It was 100,000 jobs is you know, amazing. That goes beyond any statistical fluke. Um, it was really good news. Unfortunately, where that good news doesn't necessarily help is that our central bank governor is now going to be much more, I, I think it's much more certain that he'll raise interest rates in January. You know, if there's any doubt, this number will push you to the fact that they're going to raise interest rates because this blunt sword has got to be put to work to slow things down. You know, our economy is you know, on the verge of recession. We're, you know, we're, we're rocking yeah. to start the year. Yeah. But wages are still behind the country's inflation rate, which you alluded to. So, you know, you can have a job and yet still be a part of the working poor, still living paycheck to paycheck. What does this mean for the day-to-day, -day, you know, person that's struggling just to, you know, keep food on the table, make sure that they have a roof over their heads if our wages are still behind the country's inflation rate? Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. You know, that, that this in this inflation period has really hurt everyone um, in, in a way that I, nobody could imagine. But, you know, it wasn't transitory. Our, our food and energy costs are way up. And so, you know, when central bankers talk about core rates of inflation, I don't live in a core world. You don't live in a core, core world. We have to fill our cars and, you know, put foods on our table. Um, this is where it gets somewhat uh, difficult because union contracts, just for an example, uh, look at Ontario. The, uh, you know, Ontario public servants want more than, or they want to catch up. Yeah. And so the notion of 1% they want more. They want maybe 4%. In fact, the, the last number that we saw out of the Bank of Canada was that wage settlements in the first year were over 4%. Well, if everybody got a 4% wage increase, that's going to cause inflationary pressures across the economy, and the central banks don't want that. So we're in a bit of conundrum. You know, the bad news is that inflation hurt us all. Um, the good news is if you're you know, in certain sectors or you have certain skills, you're able to get your wages up in such a way that uh, you can keep yourself more whole. But, you know, for, for many of us, we don't have that flexibility. We don't have a, a COLA in our employment uh, arrangements. We have to, you know, live with what we had and hopefully get, get a salary increase, fight for a salary increase. But it, it, that's the problem of inflation. It does hurt people. Yeah. And there are companies that are clawing back on, you know, giving 
their employees increase in wages because they're worried about this recession as well. In other news, if you have any investments, you probably don't want to talk about how hard it's uh, it's been. It's, you know, like, I mean, this last year, I mean, my stocks, oh my gosh, Lyle stocks. Like, it was just was horrible. It was horrible. But surprisingly, pension plans could be in better financial shape. Uh, tell us about just what you've been seeing when it comes to uh, pension plans. Yeah, and, and this is part of uh, the arcane calculus of how pension plans uh, calculate their ultimate assets and liabilities. What happens when interest rates rise is that the money that pension plans have to pay out, uh, it goes up, but you can, you can discount that at a higher interest rate. So basically the ultimate payments that come out of the plan when you're an accountant actuary, you can say, we don't have to put out as much in current dollars because inflation will get us there. That's what caused the, the good news in, in public inflation or in public pension plans. Uh, the problem for most of us is that we don't have one of these lovely defined benefit type pension plans. We have to fend for ourselves. Yeah. And just as you said, 2022 was kind of brutal in our RSPs and our savings accounts. Uh, the good news is we get more interest, but we're getting more interest on a lesser asset value than what we had at the beginning of 2022. So it, again, Inflation hurts investing always. Uh, inflation tends to raise interest rates, which mean asset values go down. The good news, as I mentioned, is you get a higher return on lower assets. The ultimate question is, you know, will that put bread on your table yeah. 10, 20 years from now? That's the big question. Exactly. Thanks so much, Lyle. Always great chatting with you. Maggie, you have yourself a great year. Thank you as well. That was Lyle Stein, president of Forvest Global Wealth Management. You're listening to Toronto This Weekend on 640 Toronto.